on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Live from the basement studio in Buffalo, New York, it's Google Marketing Live. We've got all the news. Of course, we've got a takeoff. And we have our first ever salt off. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Jess Budd. I'm Nicole Waddington. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on May 26, 2023. Welcome back, Jess. Thank you. Where, how have be you here. been? What have you been up to? I'm great. I missed last week because I drove to Pittsburgh to see Blink-182, which was a marvelous show. I was reliving my youth. But I didn't realize that marijuana is still illegal in Pennsylvania. And I've recently become kind of a pothead. So wow. I, I brought all these THC <laughs> seltzers with me, and I felt like super bad transporting it across state lines. I feel like you can get a felony for that. I don't think that. you should say that. Well, who's listening? The cops? They I have mean, to tell probably. us if they're no, cops. You're here. I just, it was like, I just felt like, so I don't know. I feel like we, I used to go to concerts all the time and people would be smoking pot illegally. And I was like, ooh, that's so bad. And I never did it. And now I'm like 35 and I'm like walking around just super stoned all the time. I poured my seltzer into um, an energy drink can and was walking around the city with it. I just like felt so cool, wow. which I know it's not. I know that that's like pretty tame compared to things people are really up to, but it was like a, a moment for me. What's new with you, Nicole? Well, Warmer weather brings long car wash lines. And the other Sunday, I was feeling productive. I'm like, don't have anything going on. I'm going to get a car wash like everyone else in Buffalo. Okay. We have this car wash place called Delta Sonic, whole bunch of locations, but it's always the busiest on the block, like lines out to the street to get a car wash. And it's so stressful because there's like four lines and two of them are for like exclusive unlimited members and then two are for us normal people and then the line the four lines have to somehow feed into one machine that you're going to go through and I just get stressed out so I get up to the booth and there's no pricing sign anywhere so I'm just like can I just get a car wash and these people at Delta Sonic whoever's training these high schoolers to be great salespeople, man there's a pipeline there okay because this girl sold me into paying over $50 <laughs> for like a buy two car washes, get three deal. And then once you get one of the car washes, you get another one you can redeem. So basically I paid for six car washes, I think. I only needed one. I hate going through the car wash. Delta Sonic, I want my money back. This is horrible. And she was so com competent and like, calm and she was like oh may i interest you and and i just said yes because i was stressed out and no. she seemed like she knew what okay. she was talking no. about so, I, I worked there for probably five years like throughout college and and yeah. i dry cars off i could make back then yeah like 150 bucks a day i had all these tricks 
the whole point of it is you have tricks. You get trained in sales. You get paid based off of how I know. Much you my roommate my roommate worked there in high school. If somebody goes through with the basic, you don't make as much money. So the I whole know. thing is like you shoot for the moon and then you go for like the stars or whatever. And then it's like you go for wherever like the space station is. And, and if like you're on earth, like you don't make money basically. So like you were trained in all these different yeah. things. I got her to the International Space Station for okay. that one. Mm-hmm. I No. So I went through the car wash line mm-hmm. this weekend as well. And the guy, very good salesman, was explaining to me all the things I needed because I had just bird poop all over my car because I park <sighs> under a tree because I don't care. Car's not a museum. It's a car. But I wanted it off. And he's telling me all these things he wants. And then he's like, okay, so I recommend that. And I was like, great, I'll take it. He's like, it's $25. Or you can get the unlimited plus whatever membership. And he's like, and we prorate it because it's not, it's the middle of the month. And it was $14.99. He's like, you can cancel anytime. And I was like, no, I don't want that. And then I was like, wait, sir, come back. Because I did the math. But even if I cancel, I'm saving $10 on this one car wash. You're never gonna but you're not, I'm not gonna. I'm hooked for life. Gonna. I'm hooked for life. But I get 10 cents off a gallon on my gas. That is where And they have, so yeah. The you, gas is 10 cents more. I no, it's not. It's because I'm a Sam's member too. So I can get cheap gas there. And I like, listen, I, so but he saw both, me do we the math. gotten yeah. by you're the Delta. Yeah. Yeah, You'll it. probably like, yeah. No, you I'm cancel. gifting them. I'm gifting yeah. them. The other two that I got. Yeah. I'm going to use mine. I've already been through twice. Kiddo loves it. I have a three and a half year old. He wants to go through the car wash. It's fun. So the funny thing is, I would you would just f*** cars up that went through there by accident. <laughs> People, you were so many accidents that will happen in there. Oh, I go into so reverse rather than neutral you all the time. trying to spray a dead bird out of a fender and it's disgusting. It's flying all over your face. And the person's trying to get onto the conveyor belt. And you're like, neutral, neutral. And they're like, what? I'm like, neutral, neutral. Like, and they're smashing into the other car. And it's ripping the back wiper off. It is a disaster. I've probably been through Delta Sonic once. The first day I went there. And I'm like, I am never going through this again. Those things that touch your car are the dirtiest things. You might as well just lick the driveway outside. No, but they're indoctrinating children from the beginning. Because at the kids museum here in in town there's a whole delta sonic like delta <gasps> sonic and you walk through it and oh they have gosh, a booth with the neutral no. sign and my son is standing there yelling neutral and, <laughs> and then we walk it, through the strong museum exactly it's the same thing and then you just walk through and somebody just punches <laughs> your son in the face <laughs> <laughs> let's get out of the market here because we've got a lot this week this week we saw google marketing live 2023 uh, google's flagship event for everything to do with their marketing products. And we actually saw a lot of that in Google I.O. earlier this month, but we had a lot more here. I think people were really thinking it was going to be PMAX driven, but there was one key component throughout Marketing Live that we saw at I.O. AI. AI everywhere. AI across the board. And we'll go through and break up some of these different stories and each talk about some of the new features coming. So one thing that was very interesting to me is that you're going to be able to create campaigns using conversational AI. I'm probably not ever going to use this, but I do think that this could be helpful for newbies and people that don't know Google Ads um, to try to help set campaigns up. Another thing is it might give you ideas. I'm assuming it's probably going to give you bad ideas for a lot of it, knowing Bard, but um, you can go through and there's like a chat prompt and you can say, let me help create my ad and it'll generate keywords, headlines, descriptions, images, and any other asset basically. 
One item I thought was interesting is you can get those assets pulled through and then you can ask for more granularity on something. So the example that somebody had was a beauty brand. Uh, the conversational AI, Google AI helper made ad copy and they went back and said, can you please make it anti-aging copy? And I think the big thing here is Google has dumbed down their ads so much with RSAs. There's like no creativity anymore. So for something like this, this could be actually very helpful from a time-saving standpoint. And you have 25 characters, you know, like you can't write like you used to, like you used to be able to write good ads and Google doesn't want that anymore. They want fast formulaic crap. And this is a great tool to do that, you know? So um, it looks pretty slick. I don't know exactly when it's coming out, but um, it, it might be a help if you need help with RSAs at least. So I, I'm, I don't hate that. And then the, the other thing that I really liked about this Marketing Live is everything seemed to be like AI assisted. So for this, they don't just say, we'll make it for you. Mm -hmm. It sort of cues it up, right? Yep. And that's what AI should be. It should be queuing it up and then you can punch it up and you can remove, you can add, but it should help you save time. And this actually might help you save time. So I'm a, I'm the pro Google marketer of the year 2022, but this is actually something that could be helpful because it's not fully automated. It still gives you control. And Google also painted a more clear picture of their ads plan within SGE, which is search generative experience. They covered this at Google I.O. And we saw ad units at Google I.O. living above the SGE experience in a different colored section that was clearly labeled sponsored. But at GML, the new ads will have a bold sponsor identifier, but will be kind of mixed in with the results provided in the conversational chat. But we still don't know what ad metrics data we're going to have from that and if there's a way to opt in or opt out of these ads. Um, likely a win for advertisers and upsetting for SEOs out there. Yeah, when I wrote this, I said, uh, uh, parentheses, cover your eyes, SEO, when getting <laughs> to the example here. And we asked and tried to prod for a little bit more information as to like what the click-through rate looks like or what the metrics look like. And basically, it's an experiment. And like the most earliest experiment you can have, which is why I'm wondering why it's such a big part of this, mm -hmm. you know, marketing live event. Mm -hmm. They're like, it's it, it's so early, there's no data. And it's like, I know that you know this works, right? You wouldn't launch it if it didn't work. But um, again, it's, it's not even beta. It's like pre-alpha, an experiment within an experiment. Speaking of beefy, another update here, AI-powered assets that target search queries are coming to Google Ads. And Greg, you put this so eloquently in your coverage, um, essentially a more robust and modern version of dynamic keyword insertion. So advertisers will now have the ability to leverage query-based generative AI for automatically created assets mouthful. Um, using content from your landing page and your existing ads, so theoretically boosting relevancy. The example that they gave was for a query for skincare for dry sensitive skin, and then it generated a targeted headline <clears throat> titled Soothe Your Dry Sensitive Skin. So you could see how it's pulling in the query there, and it actually makes sense in that context. A word of caution, obviously, as you noted, it's not a universal solution. If you're in a highly regulated industry, compliance is not something you should ever sacrifice for relevancy. Um, you probably don't want to touch that if that's the case, but you 
can play with it and not do it, you know, for everything because it will be applied at the campaign level rather than account wide. So this is great if you want to start small with your testing or, you know, it might work well in some places and not others anyway. So I appreciate that more granular level of control. Um, it's in global open beta for English and there's more languages coming later this year. So I like that. Seems cool. People probably don't want me to roast this. I kind of love this. You had a good vibe in your article. Right? Like we have yeah. DSAs. They can work. We have DKI or dynamic keyword insertion. That can work. If this is actually making those assets at auction based on the query, like that could be cool. You, again, you can, never going to work for anything regulated, <clears throat> anything with compliance or anything like that. But it's, and you don't have to apply it across everything. That's right. the best part. Right. Like you can just be like, hey, let's just launch this campaign and see if it works. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, who cares? So that's what I love about it. It's just another option. We're not forced into it. It's just something we can test. I love it. Goodbye, Merchant Center. Hello, Merchant Center next. It's being replaced in 2024, and they have a, that cool new name. So cool. Until it's the thing. It's can next now. Can you just now. call it two? Just update Merchant Center. Who cares? Yeah, we don't need... Yeah, it, it's, it's too much. Yeah. But... I will say that Merchant Center has the kind of an old, outdated look compared to a lot of the Google products that you see now. With everything is clean, simplistic, and sleek. Merchant Center is blocky and kind of old. And this looks—they call this simplified version of Merchant Center Next. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think it's more simplified UI, to be honest. And so I asked them specifically, like, what is going to be changing? What's going away? What features are being removed? And thankfully, they said. You know, the features of Merchant Center that larger retailers know and love won't be going anywhere either. There are some caveats like down the road, things could change, obviously. But um, that's, that's, that's good news. So one thing that is being added looks like much better insights. Uh, in the sample shown at Google Marketing Live, there are tabs that now include um, an overview, the products tab that previously existed, competitive visibility, pricing, demand. Um, if you have a brick and mortar, you can see and um, online presence, you can see store on search and maps, and then there's non-product website results. So I really dig this. Again, it's going to be fully rolled out in 2024. And I dig this assuming that all the functionality is there and you'll still be able to like, get the granular product data and all that. But Merchant Center for, right now has room for improvement. I have not seen Merchant Center next live in action, but I would say again, this is something that is promising. And looking at some of those um, those kind of overview screenshots from the product, you can see quickly what's available, like what is availability and what has high click potential. So for smaller folks out there that aren't as savvy as us that might have two hundred and sixty one thousand products in a Merchant Center, this might be nice for them. And some new Pmax updates also were announced. Google is releasing new generative AI tools for the PMAX campaign creation process. So advertisers can put their website in to Google AI and answer some questions such as, where will people go when they click on your ad? What makes your products or services unique? What's your brand personality? And Google will start to learn your brand and populate your PMAX campaigns with assets. So you can have it create images for you, Again, lots of AI 
in these announcements. One thing of note, so Google said there won't be an easy way for consumers to distinguish between real versus AI-generated images. However, if a user is savvy enough to check the metadata, they can see what images were created with the technology. Um, Sounds like something we would do for fun, but nobody (laughs) else. (laughs) And then there are going to be two new PMAX goals. The first is a new customer acquisition goal that will help advertisers optimize for new customers predicted to deliver high lifetime value. And then the second being a re-engagement goal, which will help advertisers connect with their most valuable existing customers. I like the the new goals. Anytime you get more options than PMAX, I'm just going to shut my mouth. So... Are you gunning for that like pro Google 2023 clock skirt? I am fair and balanced. That's one thing about me. I am fair and balanced. How dare you? I'm not touching that. This is not a political show. I am balanced and fair. (laughs) (laughs) I think the whole setup of putting your website in and being like, oh, you know, here's my brand personality. Like, what are we doing? That kind of thing. But... Some of those images look way better. Like that implementation where there's that cat with the um, logo overlaid and the yellowish gold, that looks cool. That's one of the things I have always hated about DSAs mm-hmm. and PMAX is you know you see a DSA and you know that's a DSA, but you look at this PMAX example and that thing looks cool. Like that looks like an ad. I don't know. I, I, I kind of dug that. So um Hey, the more stuff we get for Pmax, the better. And I will say Google is listening. Like, yeah, if we can re-engage current people based off customer match lists, let's do it. If we can go towards people that have a higher LTV, good. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm here for it. It's nice that they're acknowledging that those things are different too and letting you optimize one way or the other. Speaking of cool imagery, if you have a boring image, a busy image, or heaven forbid, a blurry image, you can rejoice. And you use the word rejoice, Greg, in your article. Twice, you thought articles. I wasn't going to read it. I did. <laughs> I did. Cease and desist. Also, good job. Great word choice. <laughs> Announced as well was Google Product Studio, which is a new tool that leverages AI to help advertisers enhance and create product imagery. It can do essentially three things. You can create custom product scenes. You can upload a product without a background and then AI can do the rest with a few prompts. You can add like peaches behind the thing or whatever you want to do to make it more eye-catching. You can also remove backgrounds. So if you have a bad background, the generative AI can remove the content. So I guess it's degenerative AI. Um, And they offer increased resolution So if your assets aren't up to par from a pixel standpoint, Mr. Finn with the alliteration, you can use generative AI models to clean and crisp your creative. So that's cool. I guess if you have a lower res image, you can enhance it essentially so people can read it. The example actually looked really good. It looked really good. Like you could read the thing. I don't know. I don't know how well it's going to work. The example looked great though. I'm going to flip in a minute, but I love this. I love it. I literally already told some of my clients is like, Hey, when you're doing your product shoots, if you can just make sure you've got a, a crisp one, white background, we just need that too. Don't worry about some of the other stuff. In this example, there was a, like a lotion. Yeah. And they're like, show me the lotion surrounded by peaches with a tropical background. And it looked great. It's on different pedestals too. It's yeah. on a piece of wood. It's on ceramic. It's on stone. It's just on the table. Yeah. Like that's actually really cool. This is stuff marketers can use. Yeah. And like that's why... 
I don't think there's anything revolutionary with this Google Marketing Live, but there's lots of nice things that you can it's do. It's revolutionary that they have practical applications. That's true. That's revolutionary. That's true. That's revolutionary. Because you still, it's your product image. You're just enhancing it. You're not like coming up with the product for you. Right. And with some of those examples in PMAX, it's like you, when you, where you're like, hey, can you show me like a bunch of fish and, you know, like salmon and stuff like that? It's like, it's like, I don't want AI salmon. That's the last thing Stop I Stop saying want. salmon. The L is silent. Like, this is like, hey, here's our product. Go put some background around it. And then you can use that mm-hmm. and you can... It would be great if we get real results for the data on testing, but you can at least see like how it works a little bit. So these are things that are like actually helpful. They're not, again, revolutionary, but this is something. Somebody with a small budget though? Yeah, you can then just make, you don't need to go do a photo shoot. Yeah. And you can do it right in Google ads. And this is what they should be doing. They Mm -hmm. should want to encourage people to use the platform instead of jamming PMAX down people's throat like they did last year. So I, again, on this one, I'm very pro this. Are you about to go anti or what? Is that next? So next up, we've got some new features. We've got seven new features, and I'm not even anti on these. So one is that there's going to be brand restrictions for Broadmatch. You know, Broadmatch does exactly like its name does. It matches to the entire world, basically. But Google wants it to work, and Google has made Broadmatch work. If you are not using Broadmatch, you are not a good advertiser. Yes, I said it. Take it up with me at Greg Finn. Um, and so we heard about this before with Performance Max. I just, I, I like any extra control you can get on these automated things. I know the future is automated, but having little controls and getting more things is an is a step in the right direction. This one's a little bit weird. Google AI is coming to smart bidding. Hmm. I thought there was AI already in there. Yeah. Are AI and ML different? Because now I I sound stupid asking that question, but I think they were synonymous until this point. Right. So this is going to be using Google AI large language models, right? Instead of like just auction data and what they think is going to happen. So basically, smarter, smart bidding is going to get smarter. So we can call it smarter Smarter bidding. bidding? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I dig that. And then. For RSAs, you're going to be able to see search categories. It seems like it's something similar to insights where not frankly that helpful, but if you are an advertiser that's a very remedial advertiser and you put everything you have in an RSA and you just hope Google matches it the right way and you don't have like campaign segmentation, this could help. And you might be able to say, wow, there's a category for, I think the other one was like dry skin or something. Then you may get an idea to say, I should make an ad group for dry skin. So again... I'm not going to use it, but it might be helpful. Another funny thing is, hey, do you not know what budget to start with for a campaign? New campaign prefills can give you suggestions. Just remember who is making profit off of all of that ad spend. How good are these suggestions? Because I never know what to start with, but I'll pick a number. So there's going to be more prefills in there now. And in the setup, this is something I don't like. Um, is there's going to be recommendations now in the setup flow. So if you don't know what a recommendation is, it's Google trying to shake every penny out of your pocket. You'll see things like raise your budget. There's no recommendation for lower your budget. There's things like add search partners. There's no recommendation for remove search partners. Recommendations are useless and pointless, but they're now in the campaign flow. So I don't like that one. In Creative Studio, you can export Performance Max assets right into any of your other Google Ads campaigns. So I like that. If you see that cool cat yellow um, visual, you can get it somewhere else. So I dig it. And then there's going to be more asset insights. 
not a ton of visuals on what that's going to look like, but any extra insights we get, I'm, I'm here for it. I just feel like the term insights is just so aspirational. It's just it's not data. It's useless. Yeah. Uh, what, what you get now, I mean, you kind of see a direction, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. It's it, correlation. It's like you're, you're in New York City and you're asking for a specific directions to Sacramento and somebody points one direction. I do that all the time. People are like, where, are you, where is that? I'm like, over there. Yeah, it's that's useless. What, what, it's useless what it for people, yeah. but it's insightful. Like, how do I get across country? Oh, that way. That way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, lastly, there's improved search terms on the insights page. Again, these are relatively garbage, but hey, more is more. And I, I'm gonna shut my mouth again on that. Last in the Google Marketing Live updates. Google Ads is adding two new campaign types, the first being video view campaigns. So like the name says, it will help maximize views on your videos, combining a variety of formats, including skippable in-stream ads, in-feed ads, and shorts ads to get the most out of your budget. The beta for video view campaigns will launch globally next month. And then the second new campaign type is demand gen campaigns. So these campaigns will leverage AI and help engage and drive action with consumers and will work across YouTube Shorts, YouTube InStream, YouTube InFeed, Discover, and Google Gmail placements. So the call to action will appear to simply send traffic to the site instead of leveraging the lead form assets. It was qualified that conversions can be tracked with this, which is extra important when you hope so. (laughs) And this is where I'm going to lose my mind. Because when this came up on stage, I was watching it live, didn't know it was coming. And they're like, demand gen campaign. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait. This is amazing. This is what so many people need is like real demand gen. Like how can we help to remove some friction Mm -hmm. and getting, getting like emails and contact information. And then they show a bunch of videos on cell phones and everything is visit site, visit site, visit site, visit site. It's like, I don't know if you know what demand gen is. I don't know if you know what it is. You're saying that I'm going to go visit a site on YouTube shorts and that's demand gen. This couldn't be, there couldn't demand be. Demand gen Z. Demand gen Z. That's what it should be that's called. That's what it is. There couldn't be something, a product worse than this for demand gen. Why would anybody in history use this? It's, it's, it's like, it's almost like Pmax without search and more video. And it's like discover with video, but no, I guess there is discover in discovery and there's discovery. It's so I don't know what the hell to use anymore. Website though. When have you ever written that? It's so bad. Never. Like you, this is the, like when you're talking about how to like, if they came out with something and it was an interactive ad element that you could input your information and get that right over to it, like demand gen actually is, this would be phenomenal. Yeah. It, I don't know what the fuck this is. It's, they have lead forms. They do. Right. There's so no lead why, forms involved in this. And then advertisers will also be able to create lookalike segments based on seed lists that can consist of first-party data and YouTube users that can be set to narrow, broad, or balanced reach. I not only like this, I like the naming of it, except for balanced. I don't know what the hell balanced is. 
I like the fact that it's, this is what keyword should be. Broad, narrow, and medium. (laughs) Right? Medium equals balanced. But yeah, I guess is maybe balanced. Like there shouldn't be exact, there shouldn't be phrase, there shouldn't be, broad can be broad, whatever. Yeah. But the fact that they're still as exact, just call it narrow. This this name, I'm here for this naming convention that is used for lookalike audiences for match types. We should we should take that. Let's put let's make a petition. Feature request. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week is a very special edition. It's all GML related. We have a takeoff. And the world's first ever salt off coming as well. So the takeoff, we've got some contenders here. Gil Gildner at Gil Gildner on Twitter. Sometimes I wonder if the AI ML push is just covering up a lot of shoddy fundamental work by marketers. I worry that it will just make shoddy work worse and possibly disable actual genius marketing moves from being launched easily. Not wrong. Gil's never wrong. All right. From power listener of the show, Melissa Mackey at Beyond the Paid on Twitter. She says, set your goal, set your budget, and let Google do the rest, period. Um, no. I feel like you're supposed to say that like the Good Burger guy. Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. From Sophie Logan at Marketing Soap on Twitter. She says, I'd love Google ads to shut me up and give us a B2B lead gen example. Something with a small budget and dull, like enterprise DevOps tools or niche accounting services. Most advertisers can't relate to vans. Some advertisers <laughs> wear vans. Wow. Every f-ing day. That was flexible. Thank you. Gil Gildner is back in the mix saying, pretty impressive image generation, to be honest. Asterisk. And the asterisk says, every Photoshop jockey on Fiverr needs to find a new job stat. <laughs> they don't have jobs if they're on Fiverr. Well, Can I say job. that? It's job, Jess. Freelance. The gig generation or whatever it is. <laughs> All right. Melissa Mackey is back and she says, this is... She, back power listener love you melissa she says that wasn't demand gen that was an fb ads clone <laughs> she's not wrong oh, man. we got melissa mackey with two we've got gil gildner with two and we got sophie logan with the devops and can't relate to van so i think jess <laughs> is just biased on that sorry sophie i'm gonna give gil gildner's uh photoshop jockey on fiverr all right gil oh. gildner you've won the takeoff And now we're getting into the world's first ever salt off. We have the saltiest marketer on the planet, but maybe the nicest marketer on the planet, Julie Pacini, Salt J, as everybody knows her, um, and PBC Chat every Tuesday at 12 Eastern and the audio version on Thursday at 12 Eastern and ppcchat.com. But we have a new entry into the mix, and I believe he was there at the show. John Kagan at John Kagan on Twitter. And I'm going to go salt kegs for him because they were ripping off tweets, the saltiest of the salt here. So I'm going to read a tweet from Julie, Salt J, and I'm going to read a tweet from Salt Kegs. And you guys are going to vote and we're going to see who gets the salt first inaugural salt off championship. Wow. 
Salt J, Julie Bicini, at Neptune Moon on Twitter says, OMG, in the post show, PMAX product lead just said, AI is a huge part of why advertisers choose the Google Ads ecosystem. My dude, it is not. <laughs> John Kagan, at John Kagan on Twitter, aka Salt Kegs, says, quote, from GML, people want more transparency and control, end quote. Google. Except on Performance Max. And really anywhere else. <laughs> All right, winner. <laughs> Who do you got? Me. I'm brilliant. No, you got to pick Salt J or Salt Pigs. I, I just like the My Dude. I'm okay. going Salt J. We got one yeah. Salt J there. Mm-hmm. Next up, Salt J says, quote from GML, creative, when done well, really drives performance, end quote. No sh-. <laughs> Sincerely, every marketer ever. I didn't even read that, and that was my response in my head. <laughs> and Salt Keg says, quote, Google Ads AI because your marketing team are idiots. What do we got here? I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it, Julie. All right, yeah. Salt J's up. Next up from Salt J, she says, wait, strong creative will boost performance? That is revolutionary. Thanks, Big G. Big G. <laughs> and then Salt Keg says, Someone tell their creative department that Google just put them all out of business. I'm going to go with Salt J again. Okay, Salt J is taking a very early lead. I think she's got the win here. But Salt J next says, quote, if you use the AI, you can get higher ad strength scores, end quote, which are pretty much meaningless. To which Salt Keg says, Google 2022, we're getting rid of similar audiences. Google 2023. Welcome to our new lookalike audiences. He wins that yeah. one. All right. That's good. Salt That's good. Back. That's good. We got another one. We could get a tie here. Salt J says, okay, they just reiterated that their LLMs is trained on ads data. Whose ads data is it being trained on? Are advertisers giving permission for their data to be used for the benefit of other advertisers? I would like an actual answer on this. To which Salt Kegs says, wait. Gmail will write my emails for me, but, you know, privacy. I'm just angry, but I would like an actual answer. I think that's valid. Okay, so Julie's got the win here, but we'll go one last one here because I love this one. Salt J says, is search being too hard an actual problem that needed solving? (laughs) Sounds like an indictment of Google's entire search experience (laughs) for the last 20 years. And Salt K's last one is, every time they say AI, an angel rips out its wings. He wins the whole thing for that. that he wins good. the whole thing for that. Think of the You're bloody... That call? Absolutely. An angel ripping, ripping anything, out. their own wings. He wins. Salt kegs. <laughs> that was the first official salt off. And I hope it is the first of many more to come. Thank you both, Julie and... John, that was amazing. And I also have to say, everybody's wondering what's happening to Twitter. Twitter was popping mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. on Google Marketing Live. It was unbelievable. It was a great show. Twitter's not going anywhere. And it was just an awesome, awesome community experience. Mastodons so. are out there ripping out their wings right now, Greg. <laughs> now it's time for this week's IC. We can skip ICMI tables. We're good. Now it's time for this week's Pew Pew Lightning Round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. 
first up in paid universe, you might have gotten an email from Google earlier this week that you are eligible to use their GBraid parameter with your iOS campaigns. So for background, Apple's app tracking transparency policy took effect in April 2021 when Google Click Identifier or GCLID could no longer be used without user consent on any device using iOS 14 or above. So in response to this, Google introduced two new URL parameters to comply with these policies. So for web to app measurement, the parameter is known as GBraid, and for app to web measurement, it's known as WBraid. <laughs> so what does this mean for you as an advertiser? At the end of June of this year, Google Ads accounts will have access to this GBraid parameter, and the Google Tag, Google Tag Manager, and Google Analytics with a linked Google Ads account, will set a new first-party cookie on your domains by default. So that will attribute conversions back to your to ads subject to ATT policies. However, you might need to complete additional actions to start using this GBraid parameter. And if activated, you also may notice some fluctuations in your reporting. And in other news, Dario Zanoni at Dario Zanoni on Twitter Notice that Meta Ads updated the recommendations for the size of the bottom of safe zones for their real ads, so from 20% to 35%. And the image that it shows is a pretty big area, and unfortunately it makes banner ads, vertical banner ads created for stories less usable in reels. So the safe zone for stories was 20%. The size recommendation for the top safe zone remains unchanged at 14 so just be aware of that when you're creating any of your ads for reels. I just want to let people know my Instagram reels, I have no safe zones. I was showing Jess <laughs> what I'm into. It is like something else. My, my, it, it is not safe. There's not no. even a zone. It's just <laughs> not safe. My new favorite follow is Munchie007, and it's a power lifter that's uh, 74 years old. Used to be the head of the Chuck Norris Karate School. And I just get the most random, unsafe zone recommendations ever, and I am here for it. I don't want. I, I want my safe zone percentage to be zero. That's a good life philosophy. <laughs> Update your ads, though, people. All right, and in organic news here, I feel like we're at the point now where everybody is just stealing from Twitter, and I feel like if that's the case, you're in a good spot. People are taking all the check marks. Facebook's doing the verified accounts. Twitter's like, we're getting rid of all these old inactive policies. And Google says, we're doing the same thing. So with inactive accounts, if you have been inactive for two years across their products, um, Google is going to get rid of your account. You start deleting accounts in December of 2023. It's going to be a phased approach that start with accounts that were created and then never used again. And there's going to be notifications sent to the account. So you will know if it's something that you use. But I haven't seen this from Google really ever. And this is a, a huge thing. It's not going to happen for Workspace. So this has to be your own personal like Google account. You can keep your account active by reading or sending email, using Google Drive, watching a YouTube video, downloading an app, using Google Search, or just signing in basically to Google. Um, and again, if you haven't done it in two years, you're going to get deleted, which is cr pretty crazy. Like you might be able to get new like Gmail accounts, know, right? It's like the one I you want my wanted. name. I want my name. You don't have your name. Mm -mm. So, I have my maiden name. I never tried with my married name. 
I don't know. I thought that was that was just That's pretty wild. incredible. And it's going for Google Photos too. So if oh, you no. thought at one point you've got it in Google Photos and you haven't checked in in two years, gone. So, but if you're actually using it though, that's not a problem. True. So just upload a photo. Yeah, yeah, or or the or account associated with it. Just, just log, log in. in. Okay, so I'm safe. But again, very surprising move there. Mm-hmm. I just haven't seen that in the past. All right, from our Baidu correspondent and power listener of the show, Adam DeFrisco, he tweets between Ernie Bot and Apollo Go, the driverless taxis. Baidu is doing just fine. Revenue from Baidu Core is Runman B, I believe, uh, $3.3 billion, increasing 8% year-over-year, year, and the online marketing revenue was uh, $2.42 billion, up 6% year-over-year. Year. So Baidu is doing just fine. And we saw, I think it was about a 4% drop in stock when Samsung announced that they were considering moving the default search engine over to Bing. It is not the case. Samsung Samsung is going to stick with Google for now, according to Glenn Gabe at Glenn Gabe on Twitter. And well, Google is going to be the default search engine, so no concerns there. Hoping I was personally hoping there'd be a little more competition, but they're sticking with Google. We'll keep it here by way of Glenn Gabe and TechCrunch. If you run a podcast, Google's podcast search results can now open shows directly in Apple Podcasts. It's pretty cool. So you do a search and you're looking, you find a podcast, you can now just jump right to Apple Podcasts. I just want to know, what's a podcast? I don't, I don't think we've ever experienced one. But I also think it's like the death of, of Google Podcasts, the platform that they barely tried on. So They seem like they don't care if no, they're doing it that. It was the worst. They cannot do products. So, and, and that was a prime example it was i've never horrific. heard you say that before yeah, yeah yeah all right from glenn schmelzi in our discord channel he says has anyone seen this in ga4 it's worded in hyperbole and i imagine that will concern <laughs> folks who aren't familiar with setting properties up any thoughts on what may trigger it i think it might be shown on properties with ua goals that aren't repeated in ga4 even if they're paused or just obsolete and the warning is that it says, this property is not fully set up. You can complete the recommended setup checklist in the setup assistant. So even if you had something that paused and didn't take it over to J4, people are getting this error apparently. It's in red too. Yeah. I feel like it should be yellow. Like just word of note, word of caution. And then Miriam from M4 Digital in our Discord community. 4M. To, 4M. Miriam, 4M. Uh, in our community.marketingclock.com says if you click complete setup and then tick the boxes to say it's complete even if you haven't completed action and it goes thank goodness so yeah if you see it i mean don't worry too much about it Um, other surprising news at least to me is that um, neva's consumer search engine is shutting down i feel like they just came out yeah but um, they said it's a very tough decision. They took into account a lot of things. And if you, you were one of the uh, two Neva users out there, I uh, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> and that's it in organic. What's happening in social, bud? Not so much. We'll go through it fast. So first up in social, TechCrunch was made privy to an email that Meta had sent out to a select group of creators. And so this is fairly legit information. And the TLDR is that the Twitter clone that Instagram has been toying with It's been codenamed Barcelona. That's not official. People are saying that. Anyway, it is going to be a standalone text-based app. I think we knew that. It will be, quote, partially integrated with Instagram. 
users will be able to keep their Instagram verification and handle and all of their followers will receive a notification to follow them on the new platform whenever they choose to name it. And Leah Haberman, at Leah Haberman on Twitter, she is the author of the ICYMI newsletter. She was privy to this as well, and she shared the following info as well as musings. She Cease said, and desist. Yeah. I mean, really. Um, she said that the app will have creator controls and account safety features. I hope so. <laughs> Interestingly, accounts that you have blocked on your Instagram will carry over, so that's nice. You don't have to duplicate that work. Hidden words you've selected on Instagram will also carry over. And then she did share a screenshot of, she called it somewhat blurry, but I can kind of read it and you can see it if you're on the video of what it looks like. And it really just kind of looks exactly like your, it, it looks like a marriage between Twitter and Instagram DMs, to be honest. Meta declined to comment further when TechCrunch requested some information, but notably they did not dispute any of the leaked information. So it's... Again, pretty legit. They're saying that you'll be able to talk directly with your audience and peers. You can bring your fans with you. You can tune out the noise. They said we're taking safety seriously, equipping you with settings and controls, basically who you can talk to and who can mention your account. So nothing really revolutionary here other than the fact that it's happening and it looks pretty far along. Um, you know, it, I don't know. We'll see. But I think it, this is the worst use of that smudge cat meme I've ever seen. They have the housewives saying that Twitter and TikTok are like, you're copying us. And Instagram's like, I'm a copycat because Instagram's been copying everyone. I think it's interesting that they're calling this an Instagram platform. It's I don't from think Meta. that's how you use that meme. That's not how you use that meme. That's what I'm saying. It's the worst use of it I've ever seen. I agree. It's stupid. Who made that? Not me. Oh, you didn't make that? No, I saw I that you on Twitter. It. I okay. You think I would make this? No, I know I how to use dis- Smudge I was, the Cat. I was, I was disappointed. This is why I called it out okay. because that's not how you use it. Terrible meme. Terrible. But we'll put it there. It's something to talk about. Anyway, the joke is on you, Instagram. Because- but, <laughs> Go ahead. I, I just think, again, everybody's going after what Twitter is doing. Right. Mm-hmm. When that's the case, when there's smoke, there's usually fire. I got to say, the things that are happening on Twitter, the subscribe, the previous subscribe, the... I think we're hearing more news from Twitter too. Like it's, they are not giving two f**ks as no. to what anybody else is doing. They're just doing their own thing. They're also flipping the script because Instagram's over there just trying to be text-based and then Twitter, here's a tweet from Mr. Elon Musk, says Twitter Blue verified subscribers can now upload two-hour videos in eight gigs. So they're zigging where people are zagging. They're like, you want to copy us? Fine, we'll do more with video over here and you can just have the longest one ever that no one's going to watch. So I don't know. It's kind of fun. And I can't believe you thought I made that meme. I, I don't I make memes. I was like memes. flabbergasted. I was flabbergasted. I would never do that. I would never make a meme and I would never misuse that one. It's like the one that I know. Yeah. I never call for people's jobs, but that person should be fired. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're a Photoshop <laughs> guru on Fiverr. <laughs> they're about to be eliminated anyway. I know. <laughs> So speaking of Twitter, Twitter support tweeted, looking for something with those cool eye emojis. They say, now on web, you can search for lists and find new ones you want to follow. Give it a try and let us know what you think. So that's exciting. I love this. I love lists. I love Twitter lists. I love watching a basketball game, a football game, being like, who's got a Buffalo Bills list? And just like seeing the pain Mm -hmm. and everybody expressing it or basketball and everybody being like, oh, this was great. Like the lists have sucked on Twitter for so long. And I, I... I had this one um, that was like, stop beeping, I'm aggregating or something like that. It was this awesome basketball list, and then they got rid of it. But I love this. I can find new lists. These are good lists, too, lots in the of, example. Lots of cats. cat examples yeah. from Google and 
now Twitter. Stoner cats, good yeah. cats, 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 happy face, a different one <laughs> called cats, good cats. I'd love to see bad cats. Yeah, me too. So if you said something you didn't mean or heaven forbid spelled wrong in a WhatsApp message, good news for you. For up to 15 minutes, you can now edit that message. Congrats. Here's a tweet from at tech meme sources say some meta employees say important work has been stalled, including its product roadmap as the final round of layoffs is announced in March wrap-ups. But the good news is that meanwhile, all that is happening, the thing that everyone needs the least from Instagram has made its way to Facebook Messenger. So we might be halting important work, but bullshit work is still happening. Are they going to be the exact same thing? That you have Instagram now, just that's like Twitter, why. plus images, plus reels, but they got rid of IGTV, and then you've got Facebook that's photos and text and stories and notes, but notes. they got rid of Facebook Watch? Like, are they both the same thing at this point? Like, what, I what ignore all of them equally these days, so it doesn't matter to me. I know. I share things with Jess, and then two weeks later, I just... We like, hey, he literally at stood at my desk today and showed me something, and it was not funny. And this is why I don't check my. You, it was it was anymore. worthwhile. It was worthwhile. It was okay. a worthwhile experience. Yeah. The look on your face made me sad when I didn't laugh, though. Anyway, notes is a thing, and it's that stupid thing in the top of your DMs and Instagram where people put like a stat. I don't mean to say stupid. If anybody out there is using it, good for you. But it's like that kind of status that you can put in your bubbles. It's now in at Facebook Messenger. Yeah, like Crash who it in. cares? Get an AOL profile and be done with it. Yeah, make it all. Yeah. Yeah. Way message. Anyway. So that's happening if you give a shit. I don't. And that's it for social. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working. Where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work. Good, bad, or otherwise. This week in working hard or hardly working. What do you have, Jess? Well... Shep is not working very hard at her job. She's on maternity leave, but she is working very hard. She is now 2X a mom. She specifically wanted me to let everyone know she is no longer pregnant. She had a beautiful baby girl at the end of last week, and she's absolutely gorgeous. And I'll let Shep reveal the name. I'm not going to give too much away. But mama and baby are happy, and the child that we didn't really know about because Shep never talked about is also thriving and a great big sister. <laughs> so, Congrats, Shep. It. We yeah. love you. Congrats. All right, and something hardly working for me. We had a client, it was actually one of Jess's clients that. And Nicole's. Uh, and Nicole's mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. basically purchased a, a different company and mm -hmm. to kind of integrate together. There was an agency that was running the paid campaigns on Google Ads. Everything was set up. They actually made an MCC for mm -hmm. a certain client, all their own accounts, everything like that. We had asked to get access to it because there's a lot of historical data. And they said that it was. Internal IP. Internal IP and that they couldn't grant access to the accounts that they were their own to the said client. We tried dangling some carrots on sticks and to no avail. And this is why you need to vet any agency you go with. There are rat scumbag agencies out there. You're paying them to run ads for you. It is not internal intellectual IP. You're paying them to run a campaign with your name on it and your MCC. They just trusted them too much, let them set it up, and are paying the consequences. And we have to do an export and import. We try to, it is criminal. These people should go to jail. And you should really check what agency you go with because there are 
serious bad apples out there. Hardly working for me this week is Microsoft keyword matching. I feel like everyone's been shouting from the rooftops, mainly Greg, about how (laughs) bad the matching is. But I haven't really had a client that's been on this platform for almost over six months now. But we recently tested some campaigns on this again. And it's 10 times worse than I remembered. So... And to be fair, it's been shop leading the way. Shopping me. I'm just, I'm just riding our coattails. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is a software list for 2023 that's been verified by me. By me, I mean Gregory. <laughs> from Wine and Meyer. The ultimate PPC software list for 2023 is a highly curated solutions directory for digital advertisers. And you want this. You can browse tools to help with analytics, banner design, click fraud, marketing data pipeline, keyword research, and so much more. You can then filter based on whether it's free or paid. And if it's paid, what are the starting prices for these tools? It's awesome. You can look at Captera score and more. So team paid, you want to save this one for later. Absolutely bookmark this shit. As always, we will have the link in our newsletter at marketingclock.com slash newsletter, as well as on Discord, community.marketingclock.com. So pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from yours truly over on Search Engine Land. I wrote a recap that cites eight other stories written. I was up till 3 a.m. writing these stories. It's like an hour late for you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I try, to, I try to get good recovery scores on my little boot band. But it's called Google Marketing Live 2023, everything you need to know over on Search Engine Land. There's uh, little recaps and links off to each one of the stories for more detail. And I try to give some insights and ways that this can apply to your accounts. So if you're interested, check it out over on Search Engine Land. Thank you, Greg. And now onto our playlist of curated songs to work to, which you can find over at playlist.marketingoclock.com. What's going on Spotify marketing or playlist this week, Greg? All right. For me, Jess got me onto this because she was playing some MTV unplugged Evanescence corn stuff. Um, And so I'm going to go with Jay-Z MTV unplugged um, song cry. Wow. It's great. I'm going to have to listen to that. What about you, Jess? I miss Shep. um, And I'm going with Taylor Swift this week. You're on your own, kid. Good song. Wow. Thank you. Yes. Nicole? (laughs) And I will be adding Rebuke by Kay Tremenay. I don't even know how to look that up. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be on the playlist. .marketingoclock.com All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. We miss you already. Can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to Shootin' the Hack, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack. All right. And this week, 
We're playing everybody's favorite game. A time-tested tradition. Poke holes in this. Where we come up with a few different ideas, and the other folks try to poke holes or say why it's a dumb idea. Jess, why don't you start us off? Okay. Um, I'm going to call this one the throat diaphragm, if that's okay. Okay. And it's basically a device that can stop you from getting things down your throat that you want in your mouth. So like Zins, they have that weird burn. If you swallow it, you're not supposed to, but sometimes the saliva goes down. And I feel like even hot sauce, you want to feel it in your mouth, but if it goes down your throat and it hits your gut, that's when you start having like digestive problems. So if we could just keep everything up where it belongs. So you want like one of those like leaf guards for like a gutter in the back of your throat. I think so. Yeah. So the biggest hole to poke is that there are no holes in said device you have because it's going to block things. Like You're air? Not able to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> like you actually you, think about that. You literally need to poke holes in your idea. Maybe it's like a some sort of grease trap then and some things can filter through like air. Yeah, like but it a, just keeps like a, the saliva. Like a pasta strainer. Yeah. Like a drain... Sure. But it keeps the liquid, but it lets the air th- I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's a terrible idea because you're going to die. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we can go with that. Okay. I'll workshop it. Okay. All right. So I was talking with Maggie here uh, on the agency scoop, if you want to hear more about our company, Cypress North. And she was talking about how she worked at a grocery store and how much meat got thrown out. Mm-hmm. Incredible. And these are animals dying. Mm-hmm. And the meat can't be sold. It can't be donated. They just take it and throw it out. I'm thinking, we've got a problem. And then I was thinking, there's other problems out there too, like Joe Exotic and his little tiger world, where he didn't have enough food to feed these tigers. So I was thinking of a grocery store tiger that's out back of every grocery store in a pen, brings kids in, they can see the tiger. And when you want to get rid of the meat, You just feed the meat to the tiger and each grocery store has a tiger and then you can feed that tiger and everybody, everybody's happy ever after. I don't know that the tiger's happy living behind Wegmans grocery store. Uh, Couldn't we just like, it's not happy at Joe Exotic's little Joe ranch or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. But couldn't we like have a donation program? Yeah. Or you said you can't donate it, but to humans. I think donate to zoo. What if you took, yeah, take it to your local zoo. Mm Mm-hmm. Zoo. A zoo grocery store is. I like this. A zoo oh. attached to every grocery store. I don't and know. It's, and it could just. It could Actually, be like a zoo, I like but this just... idea because it will keep the kids happy. Yeah. And parents can go mm. grocery shopping too. And the, yeah. And let me expand on it. It's like a zoo, but it's only a tiger. And it's a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Other animals eat meat too, like lions. Yeah. We could do lions, it's tigers, big cats, bear. grocery store. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's any holes to poke there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nicole, what you got? Cigarette butts, gum sticking on shoes. I feel like this is all like summer issues, right? You're outside. You want a clean environment to walk around in. You know what they did with cans is you get five cents for return, at least in New York. You get five cents for returning your cans. Ooh. What if we incentivize people picking up cigarette butts, not throwing their gum on the ground, not throwing trash on the ground. And if you bring in like a certain ounceage or poundage of garbage or like cigarette butts, you get reimbursed. 
But they're, you don't have to pay up front the extra five cents for all these items because that's the problem with cans. I, it, well, there's a cigarette tax. I love this idea. I mean, I think the only problem is how do you know what's like real garbage versus fake garbage? Like, what's oh, gonna happen you is can people are gonna be like, garbage. I'm just gonna cut down my neighbor's tree, <laughs> throw it in a bag, and like take it to the redemption center. <laughs> yeah, there'd have to be an x ray machine or something like that to validate. Yeah. Get the street. Why don't we just like, you know, for the sake of the earth, just put people in cool t-shirts. They feel like part of a team. Send them out with sticks and bags and they Community just Community building. Free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we already do that. But, but maybe it's a, a butt tax, a cigarette butt tax. A butt tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On top of the cigarette tax, there's a butt yeah, tax. Yeah. So then it's like mm-hmm. a little A incentive. butt deposit. It's a butt deposit yeah. because you get it back. <laughs> then you can save money next time you, you go to buy some heaters. I have another great idea. So this, something I think we all need. It's a choker that you can wear with like a device on it. We all need. <laughs> it's a lollipop holder so that you can type when you're eating a sucker and you're not just sitting there with it sticking out of your mouth looking like you're smoking and you can take it in and out and you can type while you're eating a so lollipop. Let me get this right. <laughs> I take the lollipop out of my mouth and it won't fall on my lap. But it'll rest on my shirt. You don't even know. You don't even have to use your hands. It's attached to the choker. It's like sticking out. And oh, it's like headgear. It when you it's want like it. headgear. And it's like, oh, holding yeah. It to the helmet. It's like no, but it's a choker. It's fashion. And it's got the lollipop <laughs> on it. And then you just eat it when you're hungry and you don't have to hold it. So you want a ball gag lollipop. <laughs> is that right? Is that, what I, is that what it's sort of like the implementation? <laughs> So you would feel less stupid with that <laughs> than a than a stick I mean, out of I your feel mouth. Really stupid now. I mean, I but, think the stick is cool. Oh, where were you an hour ago when I was eating a lollipop <laughs> at my desk? I did not feel cool. <gasps> Never mind. All right, and my last one here today. This is a problem I have. iPhones, you can't use them for things. It's good for iMessage, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm just. It's this phone is just so inefficient. <laughs> Android uh, Pixel phones are the best phones out there, except they don't have iMessage. You can't use them. I was thinking you have two phones. Because at this point, you're going to have to have two phones because you can't use an iPhone for anything, and then you need a Pixel. So I was thinking of a phone case that has the ability to lock in your iPhone for iMessage and then your real phone for phone use. I would use that nonstop, and then you don't need to have like that little flip phone like they've got, but you just have one phone case that holds your work phone on one side and your iMessage device on the other side. And the cameras are just facing in and you can't use the camera yeah, on either one? On the, in, this, in this side, of, I haven't thought through the cameras. <laughs> hmm. What if you just made one phone that could do both? Well, I, Apple has a technology for iMessage and I don't think they care about the quality of their phone. Oh, okay. Remember earlier today when you called it an Apple phone? Yeah. <laughs> It's my favorite. <laughs> oh, Tim I don't know Maybe how to use this one. Apple phone, he said. <laughs> All right. So I guess there ain't no holes to poke on either. Of <laughs> I think these are the best ideas we've had yet. <laughs> the ball gag <laughs> lollipop holder. All right, and we'll see you next week.